The GameCube Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash thegamecubewascool to find our $1 and $5 a month tier. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 or above level for the month of July. I Rebel, Jim McKay, Dan Wagner, Kirsten Cardinal, Jed Winters, Christopher Valenz, and Joey Sirico. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Mike, let's start this episode off with a controversial topic. You came to me with this a few weeks ago. You wanted to talk about flavored milk that isn't chocolate and what some of the best flavors are. I can see this going down a rabbit hole that's going to be dangerous. Uh, so why don't you get us started since this is more of a you topic? What what were you talking about specifically? Did you have a bad experience with a flavored milk product or did you have a good experience with a flavored milk product? Well, Neil, I'm glad you asked, first of all. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, no problem. <laughs> uh, well... Friend of the show, Jake, who's been on before, talking about him throwing a controller slash GameCube through a TV uh, when his uh, not-to-be-named brother uh, beat him in Kirby Air Ride. Uh, well, he, in university, was very angry that at the staff for not stocking the fridge correctly with chocolate milk. Jake loves chocolate milk, okay. and so, so do we. Uh, and Jake was very upset that it was all hazelnut milk. And that's not oh. that's not almond milk, you know, something like that. No, no this is hazelnut flavored milk. Hazelnut flavored cow's milk yes. is what it you're... is disgusting. Uh, yeah. By the way, just mm. to put that out okay. there, no one likes is it. it. Uh, is it chocolate hazelnut like Nutella, or is it just straight hazelnut? <laughs> it's kind of like Nutella, but it's it's just way too sweet. Um, okay. And it 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 doesn't have that nice like hazelnut flavor. There's a, right. it's bad, and there's a reason no one buys it because it is always there and always completely stocked in the cafeteria of our res when we were in university. Mm. Now I've noticed a similar trend getting out of university and being out in the wild, Neil, over the past 10 <laughs> years. And I always see the chocolate milk gone at stores, especially if there's a sale. Mm, and yeah. I always see way too many of the strawberry milk, the hazelnut milk, uh, oh. and I think that's it. I, I don't know if there's any others. Well, there are. Like, there's uh, the chocolate bar companies have gotten a little mm. bit bold, and they're coming out with their own flavored milks. Like, there's O. Henry flavored milk. We're just going to throw some brand names sure. under the bus right now. But when I was in junior high, we had a milk to go uh, vending machine. Oh, yes. I don't know if you remember that brand. It's like this really bad milk, and it was always. I think they usually had chocolate, vanilla, banana, and strawberry. I think those were the flavors. It still that exists. I like, I, I, the, yeah, those yeah. vending machines, I swear, are only at gyms now. Okay, yeah, and it's all muscle milk and everything, and oh god, I for me flavored milk, I do love chocolate milk too. I don't have it too often because it's so high in sugar. Yeah, yeah, it's not the best thing for you. I know that they tried to do that whole thing about it's good for you after a workout, but like you really have to work out hard to earn yourself some chocolate milk. Yeah. But for me, I draw the line at anything fruit flavored with milk. I hate like banana flavored milk, strawberry flavored milk. I can't stand that artificial fruit uh. taste. I can't. I despise it. I had like a sip of the banana one once when I was in uh, middle school, and I like. I gagged like because I just love I love regular milk and I love chocolate milk, uh, but anytime you get into the artificial fruit flavors, I draw a line. But that's not the same for banana flavored yogurt, which is actually delicious. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I was about to bring that up. Thank you for bringing that up because mm-hmm. banana flavored almost anything I would say is mm-hmm. really bad. 
Uh, sure. Because it's not real banana. It's no. the it's the banana flavor. That but banana yogurt is – I. you know what I think it is, Neil? I think it's the texture. <laughs> I think it's because you're like that close to eating a banana. <laughs> Maybe. But I love I love the banana smoothies. Like there's that brand like banana strawberry smoothies are so good. Oh, like, yeah. That's I a, know which that's a delicious – that's a delicious see, combo. I think you guys are helping it out there. It does. Banana needs help from another flavor. It can't stand alone. It, it needs peanut butter. It needs chocolate. It needs strawberry. It needs some help from a friend, Mike. But when it comes to dairy, dairy flavored products, I love vanilla. Like to me, vanilla is perfect. I love vanilla flavored ice cream. I love vanilla. It's hard to find, but like anything vanilla flavored milk is good. Like vanilla flavored protein powders are always my favorite. It's, it's just safe. It's good. I always like it better than chocolate for whatever reason. It's even good as vanilla yogurt. Like for me, vanilla and dairy go together so well. It can be by itself. That's just my opinion. And yeah, you can add like banana or some other berry to that too. So if I had to pick my favorite flavored milk that isn't chocolate, I'd have to go with like a vanilla or just plain. I do like plain milk as well. Yeah, yeah, very fair. Did you say your favorite uh, flavor, Mike, before we move on it's from this, this topic? It's obviously chocolate. Yeah. Anytime there's a sale on chocolate milk and it's like a dollar a liter here, it's just a, it's a, it's crazy, Ooh. man, in grocery stores, like people loading up their carts. Weird thing for Europeans out there, for the Europeans that are listening, I've been to Europe and seeing milk on shelves in some stores in Europe freaks me out. Uh, that was one of the, what? yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Look it up, Neil. Uh, milk on, on shelves, not in fridges in Europe. Not, and that's regular cow milk. I guess maybe it's not pasteurized. Are you sure you're not thinking you're not thinking of eggs, are no, you? No, I'm no, also eggs not in fridges, which was weird. Yeah. That's because they they don't take off like a membrane that we do here in North America or something. I re- I read about that. It's something yeah, to do with the France, way that they uh, they did not have some of the milk, milk in fridge uh, in the fridge. Interesting, because some nut milks here in Canada are on the shelf too. Like that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess almond milks and whatever else. Anyways, speaking of food, Mike, I have a bit of a rant here. I was at an amusement park a few weeks ago, and the concession stands. I feel bad for these guys because first of all, they obviously hate their jobs. They could possibly hate their lives. I don't know, but they're always you know around our age. They're in their mid to late twenties, maybe in their teens just trying to get through school what annoys me is the customers actually in this situation i never fault the people working behind the counter because they're usually given very minimal workspace they're not given much of a break they're not you know whatever it is it's horrible working conditions i'm sure to work in most amusement parks but the audacity that some customers have of having the most complicated ass orders (laughs) for like uh, i was in a subway lineup I'll i'll say that at least and like i was maybe eight people back from the front of the line when I started. And I was in that lineup, Mike, for half an hour. I kid you not. Just listening to order after order of people wanting 12-inch subs cut in half. I want these toppings on this half. I want these toppings on this half. Toast this half. Don't test. Don't toast that half. It was just a nightmare listening to these people like order their thing. By the time I got to the front, like, me, when I go to Subway, which I don't do very often, I usually just try and get like the grilled chicken sandwich because that's in my mind the healthiest thing there with like some vegetables on it. I usually don't do cheese because that's not even cheese. And I like it usually warmed or toasted or something. By the time I got to the front of the line, Mike, I was so fed up with it. I just said, give me a cold cut combo. Don't toast it. Get me through. Oh my God. And like I got some veggies on it and everything. The woman in front of me who was who ordered at least four to five minutes before me, I passed her because her order was so complicated that I went around her and paid left because I just I was like, dude, just get me through this, please. Like, I just want to eat something. And I got the crappy cold cut combo like from Happy Gilmore. And then I left. But that's my rant for the day. Don't when you're at an amusement park, don't overcomplicate things on when you're ordering food at lunch. Please just get whatever's on the menu and move on with your life like. Uh, it was just frustrating. It's a subway too. You'd think it's the easiest thing on the planet, but people wanted things off the menu. Ugh. Well, Neil, uh, I know that was tough for you, but let's bring up something that is a little nicer for us, and that's our 
Patreon topic of the week. What do you have for us today, Neil? Oh, sure. Yeah, we do have a t- uh, Patreon topic today. Uh, listeners out there, if you support us at, on Patreon at the $5 or above level, you can get an opening topic for the show submitted if you want, just like Kirsten did. Mm. Mike, Kirsten wants to know, if you could visit anywhere in the Nintendo universe, where would you go? Baby Park. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. Explain yourself. <laughs> There was no hesitation there. I just want to hear the music over and over again. And oh, then God. but then that slowly becomes hell. And so uh Right. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say. Now no, it's just uh... it's just visiting. Now Kirsten wants to know if we yeah. could visit one Nintendo universe. Now I went mm. two ways with this. I went visiting as a vacation, and then I also went where I want to live in the Nintendo universe. Okay. Okay. So so if I could visit anywhere, I'd have to go to the Wii Sports Resort uh, island, which oh, I think I is what, say that. Yeah, Woohoo Island. I mean that's the easy one because it's yeah. made for vacations. There's the so many activities act- you can do. So many activities dude like just you could do some like water skiing which i can't do but in my mind this is where in a world where i can also do all of these activities without failure <laughs> I play frisbee with a dog oh yeah dude 100 some archery like it would be a great time so that's my easy choice for uh for where i'd like to go to visit where i'd want to live is whatever uh, i'd want to live in the hyrule of breath of the wild yeah, uh, yeah. cuz it's a nice quiet place. You know, every time you walk up a hill, there's a nice little piano playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no traffic in the Breath of the Wild world, which I absolutely despise traffic. And uh, you know, all the local businesses seem to be doing okay. Like everyone's <laughs> cooking food. All the food looks super fresh. Like you can just cook fish out in the open. It looked great. And uh, there's like only two people in every town. And you know me, I don't like a ton of people. I like small town living. So I'd have to I'd love to live in Hyrule from Breath of the Wild. You know what? I would have picked both of those. Uh, and I love that you did pick those. So okay. I'm gonna have to change that up a bit. I would I would live in Clockdown, Neil. And oh. I know what you're saying uh, that there's a moon coming towards Clockdown at any mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. But uh, again, I I like the small business atmosphere. It's mm-hmm. um it's a bit of a bustling town, but it's not too too busy. Yeah. Uh, and and I I enjoy it. Uh, and where I would go and visit would have to be. Uh, Mushroom Kingdom and actually at the palace because that seems to be mm. the only place in the Mario world where no one is consistently trying to kill you. That's true. That is the safe spot. Now, you're always mm-hmm. trying to be kidnapped, but usually Peach is only trying to be kidnapped. So as long as you stay out of her room, yeah. you're probably going to be okay. You might have to deal with police or whatever always coming over to check and see if she's still there. Yes. But as long as you stay clear of that, it does look like a nice, well, nicely appointed kingdom for sure, that castle. The, the toads definitely take care of you. You know, it's it feels like you're mm. at a resort. The toads are, are bringing you a little little margarita on the side there. Yeah. Uh, my, my bonus uh, one where I would love to visit, you know, uh, pull out the couch and stay for a couple nights would be at Yoshi's house. Oh. Uh, and uh, that we, we see in Super Mario World when, when we're, we go to his house. Yes. Uh, because for one, he doesn't seem to be there almost ever. He just leaves <laughs> notes for yeah. you. And, uh, you know, I think he's one of those guys who just says, hey, crash my couch, take anything mm. you want from the fridge. Yeah. Place is yours. Yeah, I'll be gone for a few months. Who knows how long I'll be gone for. This guy needs to ride me for a little while until I, uh, you know, until we beat Bowser. So, yeah, just make yourself at home. I got some uh, got some GameCube games here for you to play. And, uh, yeah, that yeah, that's a good idea. I haven't seen anything from Yoshi's house since the SNES days. Has there been anything? I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't think so. Yoshi um, needs a, a, a – we need a deeper dive into the into Yoshi's life, I think. That's definitely missing. I really want to see his his house and, and how he lives, you know, how, how his, what his grocery shopping is, what milk products he gets, whether he is one of those horrible people who's buying uh, the, the hazelnut or the, the strawberry milk. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never see any of that hazelnut milk in any, uh, any Nintendo <laughs> games. Nintendo knows what's up when it comes to milk product. 
But yeah, I would, I, I, my picks would have been Breath of the Wild and Woohoo Island because mm-hmm. uh, living in Breath of the Wild area would just would be so nice. You're always going and on I feel hikes. Like I already did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Once you go to like uh, Alberta or British Columbia, you probably feel like you've been to the Breath of the Wild world. But Kirsten, thank you so much for writing in on Patreon and folks out there. You can support us too on Patreon at the $1 or the $5 a month level. We would love the support. But Mike, let's get into the episode. But first, we have our favorite segment. It's time for the mailbag. Mailbag. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to write into us or leave us a review, we will read them on the show, just like Way Overrated did on Instagram. Way Overrated says, this episode, double dash, was truly awesome. Not only was, well is, my favorite Mario Kart game, it is one of my favorite games of all time. Double exclamation point. (gasps) Let me just add that my favorite track was DK Mountain, and from time to time, I boot up the game just to play it in its original form. Thanks, Way Overrated. Yeah, I love DK Mountain too, obviously, if you listen to- What else is DK Mountain on? It's not on anything. You can only play it on the... Actually, no. I think it no, did no. get put on the Wii version. Yeah, I think... I'm, tr- uh, I'm trying yeah, to picture I, I, it. Here, hold, hold on. I actually have this okay. written in the Double Dash episode. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was... Re- it's not in the Switch version, and it's not in the Wii U version. It so is, I think in, it, it is in Wii. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I could picture writing it on a on a motorbike. So yeah, they, they made it instantly again on the Wii version. But I mean, that's too soon. They, they definitely need to add it to the, the Mario Kart 9, which I said in that episode... We hope that that game includes all of the courses. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you need to boot up your uh, GameCube to play Double Dash, by all means. Yeah, yeah. And thank you so much for writing in and talking about that Double Dash episode. We're very proud of it. We're also proud of some of our other episodes. You know, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope we're going to be proud of this one, too. I hope so, Mike. We've done 60 episodes so far. So let's get started with episode 61 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet, and we're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 297 games, which means we are very close to hitting number 300. Which game will it be? Stay tuned to find out. Visit thegamecubeiscool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's him. Last week, we covered a bunch of superhero games like Hulk, Ultimate Destruction, and Aquaman. This week, we're covering a bunch of random sports games to celebrate the 2020 Summer Olympics in 2021, which has been very strange the last few (laughs) weeks. We're covering six games, to be exact, uh, most of which are not actually Olympic events, but uh, hey, it's somewhat related. There's there's two of them. (laughs) There's two. (laughs) Two of six ain't bad. That's what Meatloaf said. Yeah. But the first game on our list today was sponsored by Pringles, which was really strange. Beach Spikers Virtua Beach Volleyball came out on August 11th, 2002. This game was developed by Sega AM2 and published by Sega. Sega. It's also in the arcades. It rates about an 8 out of 10, priced at around $40 today, and the sport here is 2-on-2 beach volleyball, which is an Olympic summer event. So there's one. Is it seriously sponsored by Pringles? Like, like, is it Pringles on the cover? I was, well, I was looking at gameplay of this, Mike, and there's straight up Pringles ads in the game. Oh, yeah, there are. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's everywhere. Oh, my God, dude. There's more Pringles ads in that than the Pringles aisle of a grocery store. Like, it's it's incredible (laughs) how much Pringles uh, media and Coca-Cola and Sega to a certain degree. But you you boot up the game and right away there's like the bouncing head of Pringles all over the – 
all over the stadium. It's wild. Why? I, this is like Dark and Sky all over again with Skittles. It's a secret Pringles game on the Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> yeah. I was so, I was like, is this like a, a, a mod? Like, is this a PC version of the game that I didn't know about? But no, it's in the actual game. There's, it's all over this. And even when the players go and sit down, like on the bench, there's like cans of Pringles on the tables and stuff. Like it's yeah. everywhere in the game. A it's massive inflatable Pringle can uh, that's in the stands with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's hilarious how much of it there is, but if you can if you can somehow chop through all of the sponsorship in this game you got a really fantastic beach volleyball game here mike like it looks amazing graphically sega had the art arcades art style down in the 2000s like this is very similar to the the other virtuous sports games like soccer which we've covered before yep and the gameplay is heavily based on the concept of charging up strength moves which i love it reminds me a lot of like mario tennis but in beach volleyball form so i was really impressed when i checked out this game yeah, it, it's uh, it looks like a really nice game. It is, it is technically, I think, an only for GameCube. Mm-hmm. I know it did come out in the arcades uh, in Japan, I believe. Yes, in two thousand three. In two thousand three, so almost like a year okay. later, it came out in in the arcades. But this was a console exclusive for the GameCube, which is great. I'm assuming it was supposed to be on Dreamcast. For Dreamcast, yeah, of yeah, course. I would assume the same thing. Yeah, which we've talked about at nauseum at this point. Uh, but the, this game uh, obviously consists of uh, two basic modes, like most sports games. There's the arcade mode, which mm-hmm. is like the progression where you go through a series of AI opponents, and then the world tour mode, um, which uh, you can take your user-created team uh, through a world tour, uh, just like the Olympics, uh, playing against a whole bunch of different countries like America, Jamaica, Italy, France. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know too many other volleyball games out there. I couldn't really think of any games that, that like, I, I'm surprised that this game stopped. I guess it didn't sell super well, which is too bad, because this would be a really fun game to have, like on a current gen console, just having like an arcade beach volleyball game. I, I would love yeah. to have something like this back. I, I, I it, honestly, it handles really well. The gameplay is, is super smooth. I was very impressed with because I, I thought this was going to be, and I'm sure you did too, I thought this was just going to be a throwaway game. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be like a yeah. 4 out of 10, yeah. uh, barely playable. Uh, the characters look super polygonal, but mm-hmm. they don't. Uh, everything graphically looks like how it should look in 2002, which is, mm-hmm. which is you know, the, I guess most praise I can give it. The, the whole HUD and all the UI is, is also standard, but works nicely with the, uh, with the gameplay. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of the game is you can actually talk to your partner uh, between ends or between whenever you sit down with them. Mm -hmm. uh, And you have three options. You can either praise them, you can Mm -hmm. encourage them, or you can reprimand them. Or or you can do nothing. So I guess technically four options. I love that. And that kind of like boosts or lowers the morale of your team, which is a really neat idea. You've played more (laughs) modern sports games than I have, Mike. Is that a thing in current sports games like NHL? I picture that being something in like an NHL game. Unfortunately, no. What what happens in a lot of those is there is morale, and basically every sports game today. Uh, mm-hmm. But the morale is a, is mostly based on where the player is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're there's you know you can have these be a GM mode uh, where you are deciding the lines. You're setting. Uh, we're trying to figure out who would work best with who, and their morale kind of changes based on that. In the okay. show for MLB. Uh, people's morale is based on like 10 different options it's actually very in-depth in that Mm. sense okay so it's based on like how they're playing that year um Mm. if they're playing close to home which i think is interesting uh (laughs) if they are uh if they're injured or not uh if they like their teammates i guess (laughs) there's a whole bunch of stuff that that makes it pretty interesting but yeah this is similar in that sense yeah it's like an early version of that it's a really neat idea just having these predetermined comments that you can make to your teammate in between sets i love that and 
just this game reminds me again that I, I really need to check out some of these virtuous sports games. I keep on hearing yeah. hearing about them. They pop up every now and again, and they're always great or at least good. And there's always they're always like these one off games that were either on Dreamcast or or the GameCube randomly or. You know, just they came and went so fast, but they have mm-hmm. this weird cult following. And Sega would be a great company to bring it back. Even like just these days, they don't do a heck of a lot with their classic stuff. But like, I love how they put random little Easter eggs in their game. Like yeah. this, this this game as well had uh, there's a player, a playable character in the game uh, named Ulala from Sega Space Channel 5, which is an obscure what Dreamcast game from 1999. Like oh nobody God. knew who the... <laughs> I don't know anybody that has ever talked about that game. I don't mind. know that at all. No, but like Sega has this history behind them now where they could yeah. reach back and, and grab a character from a random sports game or fighting game and bring them back. And it would be it would be a lot of fun to, to, to see them back now. Like they have this history now that they should really try and lean into and not just do Sonic all the time, you know? Yeah, because clearly they were, they were very adept at making sports games back in the day, as we've talked about a lot mm-hmm. on all our other sports games, uh, sport game episodes, for example, with the 2K series, which was arguably better than right. the EA games at the time. It just the biggest problem was that EA basically had a monopoly and then literally did have a monopoly <laughs> <laughs> on a lot of these sports. So yeah. it kind of forced Sega to, to go in different directions, which is too mm-hmm. bad, but... Uh, yeah, it's I just I'm sorry. I'm just watching gameplay right now. And, and the, the one the guy just did the reprimand. Yeah, <laughs> to one of his teammates. But but if you do the reprimand in the right way, it actually makes your teamwork percentage because you get a teamwork kind of bar underneath. It actually okay. makes it go up. So this time it made it go up, but sometimes it can make it go down depending on mm. when you do it, which is a cool strategy part of this game. Yeah, uh, considering it is a volleyball game, which Honestly, that just means it's going to be basically Pong, right? You know, at the end of the day, yeah. And so you do have to put in these these interesting little tactics. Like uh, I think there's a supercharge meter. There uh, is in this as well. Yeah, there's a power meter that you build up. Yeah. The, the, I guess the better your volleys are and the better you play, the, the the meter goes up, just like any other game where you have a strength meter. What I love about it, though, you mentioned like the HUD being very clean and the UI being pretty good. Is What I love about the power meter uh, element of the game is that it goes away when you aren't using it, which I love. Like I hate yeah. when you have this empty thermometer on screen with these types of games. And you're not quite sure what to do with it or... Or, you know, you wish it would just go away. Like, when you're not using that, the screen is very clean, which just the score and the, and the countries that are, that are playing, it's it's really nice. And, you know, I just wish that more games would do something like that. Like, recently playing Mario Golf, like, everything is on the screen at all times, and it gets a little cluttered. Uh, one negative about the game that I did find, though, is that the music does get very repetitive after a while. There's not much uh, variety with the music. Oh, yeah. It's too bad. There's no, there's no licensed songs in this game, which is too bad. Uh, we talk all the time about sports games. It's nice to have some some random rock music like Limp Bizkit playing in the background. Something that fits beach volleyball, though. I don't know what the genre would have been with beach volleyball. What would what would you think? Uh, I, I I like to just think the Margaritaville station <laughs> the entire time. Just Everybody's on vacation at all times. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like it, it's it's hard yeah, to say. I know. Especially back in like the two thousands, yeah. Um, yeah. Imagine having like new metal soundtrack for for all these games because like, basically they all did at the time. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I honestly I'm not really sure what you would put in this other than like licensed mm-hmm. music would have made sense. Uh, yeah, to at least you know because soundtracks as we've talked about in sports games are very important and are mm-hmm. very meticulously researched in terms of what these developers are using. 
um it, because mm-hmm. uh, it, it does make a difference i think a lot but uh yeah too bad they didn't have this and they spent their money or got money i guess from getting pringles <laughs> i know I, I don't know what they did with all that pringles money i would have gone with something like a pop punk kind of obviously it's yeah. me but like i always assume i always associate pop punk and like sugar ray with like that whole beach style it's, music yeah, thing. for some reason style. like yeah blink 182 simple plan all those bands <laughs> like i just associate them with summer spring break summer yep. olympic music i think it would have been good but anyway uh yeah beach spikers fantastic game if you can pick it up for cheap 40 bucks isn't bad for a beach volleyball game it's probably a little bit expensive but if you can get it for any less than that i would say go for it mm-hmm. all right let's move on to the next game mike but before we do it's time to read the back of the case all right let's do it all right victor hit us with that sweet jingle it's time to read what's on the back of the case there's things written on the back of the case let's read them And now we're reading the back of the case. Beach volleyball has never been hotter. Gorgeous graphics and beautiful female athletes. Arcade versus world tour and training modes. Choose from 16 teams or create your own. One to four player action delivers fierce two on two competition. That's right. I forgot this was when beach volleyball, (laughs) this was a, yeah, it gets like the dead or alive series. Okay, let's quickly circle back. (laughs) It is definitely... So this game was kind of torn because it clearly is is trying and does a good job of being a realistic beach volleyball game. But the other side of it is that it's going full BMX triple X. It's, you know, girls in bikinis only. There's no guy teams. It's it's boob physics that hit a peak in 2002 as well. (laughs) And so no one's wearing sports bras here. (laughs) <laughs> it just you know that that part of it is is so dated and and not great to see mm-hmm. uh but yeah, yeah so it is in that sense it is very 2002 it is from another era of hypersexualization in video games which yes. it's gotten better I, I like to think it's gotten better but yeah when you go back and check out the character models it's very disproportionately sized women for the most part and and, and of course the, the cover too is just yeah. like full on <laughs> yeah full on it's a bit of a perv game i suppose now and there's also character <laughs> creation mode so you can you can make whatever your heart desires in this game <laughs> there you go mike let's move on to another game here which gets a little bit safer uh in the ratings uh, in the rating board which is wta tour tennis a game no one was asking for came out on september 24th 2002 it's developed by konami published by konami it's also on playstation 2 game boy advance and xbox it rates about a seven out of ten which is pretty good priced around fifty dollars today the sport here is women's tennis and on the cover we have uh here we go on the cover yeah, we yeah. have jelena dotic dotic uh yelena jokic thank you <laughs> holy crap <laughs> sorry yelena jokic 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 all right i'm not even gonna jokic. try so this is the but this is the only tennis game on the console mike other than mario yes. tennis so this yes. is a tennis sim game set in the women's tennis association world it looks rough when you when you boot it up, like yeah, and it is it's Konami, right? Who who yeah. you already said this, but yeah, yeah, it's Konami making it, which you would think would have made a little bit of a cleaner game in that sense. Seven out of ten, also Neil. That's a that's a generous generous yeah. score, I would say. Yeah, uh, maybe because it was the only <laughs> only time you could play tennis on the you game had game. you had nothing to compare it to. I think that just like it did everything good enough, but it, like nothing sure. is done great in this game. It's a very bland game, very boring. There's no nobody asked for a sequel. No one asked for the first game, so that's why you haven't seen it uh, since. Uh, it was actually released in September of 2001, uh, so the GameCube was not even out yet. That's when it came out on PS2. Uh, I'm assuming that it was kind of it was delayed a, a year just to get out of the way of the launch window. I really don't know yeah. why it came out so much later, that a year after the PS2 version. 
Uh, and also, I don't know why this game was on multiple consoles at all. Like, it should have just why come out on, on GBA. <laughs> that's even more random. I mean, tennis games on GBA probably translate a little bit better because, like you said earlier, it's just Pong at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. But, like, who was what, – what was the market for this game? Like, we talked a few episodes ago about hunting games. And, like, that is a small, small enough audience there of hunters who also play video games. This one is our fans of women's tennis who also want to pick up that game on the GameCube. Like, I can't imagine anybody who wasn't related to any of the tennis players in the game picked this game – picked it up. <laughs> So I, I got I got a lot to say about this, Neil. So, oh, okay. So strap in. First of all, I want to talk about Elena Jokic, and she was a really strange choice for a cover athlete at this time. Okay. Uh, you could have picked Kim Clijsters. You could have picked Martina Hingis. You could have picked one of the Williams sisters. All Birdo. you know, quite big. You could have picked Birdo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all all big name, you know, female uh, tennis players at the time, but they chose her who mm-hmm. really was only famous for one thing, and it's when she was 16, she beat Martina Hingis, who was the, the number one in the world, in the okay. qualifiers at Wimbledon, which okay. is, like, unheard of to beat the number one in a qualifier, not even the real um, uh, matches. And it's never happened before since... Uh, she beat her, it's like, 6 nothing to 6-2, by the way, not even close. But wow. I, I, I know about... I, this is, like, very much in the tennis lore... <laughs> and so I, I only know her for that. And I looked her up and I was like, has she done anything else? Not really. Hmm. She never won a Grand Slam. Her best finish was in the semifinal. Uh, she has a very interesting life. She wrote about her, her life in this memoir called Unbreakable. It's actually a really good book. Hmm. Uh, talks about her dad a lot, kind of like abusing her. But okay. uh, very interesting and tough life that she's had. But I just don't understand why she would be on the cover for this game because she was relatively unknown. Uh, and and only tennis people would know her rather than like a Serena or, or Venus, right? That's what uh, I'm talking about. It's like you put an unknown tennis player, which you know it, it's it's fine. Even if you want to put a very well known tennis player on the on the cover, like how well were tennis games actually selling? Well, so a lot of them did actually sell well, Neil. And <laughs> what I really want to get into today is tennis games, just in general, because tennis games were much like golf, like we talked about earlier on the Mario Golf episode, mm-hmm. on how they were really the first sports games. Um, yeah. And some of the first video games at all, uh, t- Tennis for Two is actually considered mm-hmm. to be the very first game ever made, uh, two years before Pong. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that is where video games got their start, especially mm-hmm. sports games. No, you're definitely correct. And they did not age well, as well as other genres of video no. games aged. Because there are a lot of uh, games like the Virtua Tennis games, which right. are inexplicably missing from mm-hmm. the GameCube. Uh, and there's also the Grand Slam Tennis, which is the EA Sports version of tennis that's that sold quite a bit and actually had licensing uh, and had male and female players, which is always a huge problem in these tennis games for a number of reasons. But um, there's also Topspin, which mm. is uh, a game I actually played. It came out on PS2 in 2003, uh, made by 2K uh, and Infogrames as well, so two big developers. Sure. And uh, this game... Game actually had a pro, uh, like a be a pro uh, career mode hmm. that you really didn't see for another five to ten years in most sports games. So this was really right. ahead of its time. It played hmm. really well. It had a bit of that arcadey feel like Mario Power Tennis does. Okay. Uh, but with, you know, pretty good graphics, good realism, and good licensing at the time. So I don't okay. know why that didn't come out on GameCube. Same with Grand Slam Tennis. Same with Virtua Tennis. All right. these games are missing. There's even two tennis games that were canceled for the GameCube because I, I did a lot of research on this because I was really flabbergasted mm-hmm. uh, that this was the only one. Uh, but International Golf and Tennis and Tennis Master Series okay. uh, both came out on other consoles but were canceled for the GameCube for whatever reason. 
Hmm, that's so strange. I mean, like, they weren't just trying to get these games out of the way of, like, Mario Power Tennis. Like, that game was not sucking up the oxygen of no. those games. Because if and... you had Mario Power Tennis, you were going to buy another tennis game for sure. Like, like yeah. if you were into Mario Power Tennis. I think there's a lot of tennis games on NES, and there might even be quite a few on SNES. I don't remember there being a lot on N64, mm-hmm. and then even, obviously, even less on GameCube. And then it, there was a ton of tennis games on Wii, but they were mostly just motion control tennis games they weren't really based on the tennis associations or anything that that's yeah. when that's where i think like tennis really came back strong was on wii yeah and that's but, what i actually did a couple of i looked up a couple of the best tennis games ever made hmm. uh lists because you know i'm just curious yeah. and um uh topspin usually was number two or number three okay. on most of them which i was like oh yes and there's a couple <laughs> of top spins i think there's like Okay. Three or four virtual tennis ones were also pretty high, but Wii Sports uh, <laughs> tennis was usually uh, in the top five, if not one, on yeah. all of them, which I, I liked a lot. It brought back tennis into like the video game eye. Like, oh yeah, these games are these games. These are video games, the tennis genre. Like, because in the yeah. in the two thousands, no one was really gamers were not thinking about playing tennis games no. anymore. Like, even when FIFA games were coming up and Madden and NF- and NHL games were coming out, full swing, no pun intended, like Tiger Woods had his had his golf contract yeah. as well with EA. There was nothing like that with tennis. It was like the, the stepchild of the whole equation. It was just left in the dust in this generation. Yeah, because there was Andre Agassi's tennis uh, yeah. that came out, I think that was for consoles before the GameCube mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the 90s. But yeah, it never had the same kind of marketing and appeal behind it and i honestly think neil the biggest problem with tennis has always been the licensing they're Mm. just uh is always a problem getting the atp and wta tours in there which are the men male and female tours respectively because they are different uh and there's always been the problem of licensing the stadiums the tours Mm. Uh, so there's very few things that actually have wimbledon events or french open Uh. you know these famous places that you would love to play in yeah oftentimes they're just called other things like in um ah. the canadian series uh you know uh, that we have here in toronto and montreal uh, it's just called the mont, uh, mont royal open oh jeez. okay yeah <laughs> that that sucks because that that is one of the big thrills like we talked about in the baseball episode like i love playing the baseball games and going to the rogers center to play because yeah. like, it's so cool it's so much fun to see your city or to see something like to see an event that that was in your city or an event you'd love to go to to get that to get that uh, simulation of, of going yeah. to it. It's really neat. That's too bad. And I, I mentioned like up front there about the graphics of this game and how like they're okay. Like they're not great. The, the colors don't pop. They're not very vibrant. But the problem was is with the replays. When you see like a replay of a play, you get to see the players, the front of the players, and the character designs are awful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna talk about another game a little bit later that's worse. But like these players were meant to were meant to be like actual women in tennis and they look terrible front on like they're trying to do i guess they're trying to make the characters look like the actual athletes and they did not nail it and if they had just taken out that if they had just taken out that replay camera mode it would have been fine like you would have known oh this is the player from the backside i suppose but again Um, this this really this really kind of makes me mad because we we get beach spikers which came out uh the same year i think mm -hmm. earlier uh, uh, Beach Bikers was August 11th, 2002. Tennis was September 24th, 2002. Okay, so, so literally oh. the same time that they came yeah. out. Yes. And Beach, and, you know, both developed by big studios, Konami for tennis and Sega for uh, Beach Bikers. And mm-hmm. Beach Bikers looks years better yeah. than WTA Tour Tennis. Because they were going for the arcade look. Like, they weren't trying to make it look realistic. They had all, all the characters have this sort of shiny rubber look to them whereas yeah. wta tour tennis is going for more of like a realistic kind of style 
of Tennis Switch was a mistake. Like they should have made it a little bit more arcadey like, um, but yeah. they didn't. It's very slow. It is very slow too. The ball floats a little bit. Like it's not even a like you watch it and it takes a few seconds to get across the court. I don't know what was going on there. I thought mm. I was, I thought it was just watching the YouTube stream that I was watching was slow. But yeah, like it, it's got a bit of a moon moon physics to it where it's like yeah. you're playing in space. Just need to sidestep a little bit, though, to talk about Konami. What the hell were they doing with GameCube in this generation? <laughs> like, this is the company that makes Metal Gear. They do Castlevania. They have all of these IP, and they they give us a developed game, finally. Or not finally, but they give us one developed game here, which is Tennis. And we never get, like, a Metal Gear game. Obviously, those those are only on PlayStation. No, we, got, we got one. We got one, but that was made by Silicon Knights. That wasn't, oh, made, by, right. yeah. that wasn't made by Konami. Like, they left their... Uh, and, like, Castlevania stopped coming out on Nintendo hardware in this generation as well. But they gave us this random tennis game, which is just so weird. It's. I was going to say, Neil, if you'd like to know, see, these are some of the games that they developed and published on the GameCube. We have Scorpion King, mm-hmm. Rise of that. That was a horrible uh, one we got. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That's bringing back nightmares. Evolution Skateboarding, Disney Sports Skateboarding, Disney Sports Soccer, all the Disney Sports, by the way. Uh, the ESPN MLS uh, Extra Time and the ESPN International Winter Sports. Frogger Beyond, which I can't <laughs> wait to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, and another two frogger games somehow oh, okay <laughs> the Yu-Gi-Oh game which will be we will be talking about shortly uh, uh mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks uh we have a couple of teenage mutant ninja turtle games mostly bad uh it, it's it's just a, a a weird collection of games neil that is for sure this was a great publisher and developer in the 90s and 80s like they put out some amazing games and then they stopped they stopped with the n64 really but Tennis, like women's tennis, I, it's just such a strange choice. I don't know what that. Company and not was a thinking good women's and... tennis game, like not. Uh, you no, know, it, it, I, I, I would be as, as, like, I would be mad, like, as a tennis player mm-hmm. who really does enjoy watching women's tennis because I frankly think it's more exciting than the men most times. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm really upset at this game existing uh, because they just completely butchered it, in my opinion. Seven out of ten. Oh way too high Neil way too high yeah that's that's what I was finding and 50 bucks today is way too much to spend but I mean it had a low print run so this is another one of those games that's going to be rare someday so if you can pick it up for cheap by all means Mike let's read the back of the case for this one it's a very short game so Hmm. here we go play with the pros serve up action with up to four players challenge the pros including Serena Williams Martina Hingis and Yelena Dokic did I get it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's pretty all right, good. Close enough. <laughs> Track your success with statistics on all aspects of your game. Ten locations around the world. Oof, that's a rough one. Okay. Oh, um, but I, we got one game I'm really excited for, Neil. Okay, but Mike, let's first let's talk about a good game here, which is Pool Paradise. Came out on June thirtieth, two thousand four. This game was developed by Awesome Developments. It's published by Ignition Entertainment. It's also on Windows and PlayStation 2. This game rates about a 7.5 out of 10. It's around $50 today, and it's not a pool party game, Mike. It's Billiards, the game of tabletop pool. The only pool game on the GameCube in North America. Japan did get another pool game called Pool Edge, which also reviewed pretty well. Hmm. Well, this this is a really interesting game, Neil, and I... I had seen it, and well, both of us have seen it at our local game shop before. Uh, mm. Oftentimes, it's, I think it was for around 40 as well, or close to that. Yep. Uh, and I 
what really struck me about this game actually was in my one of my favorite books here, A Thousand One Video Games You Must Play Before You Die, Pool Paradise <laughs> makes an appearance. And I was shocked. I was like, why is this game <laughs> in here? No one mentions that game on GameCube, best of GameCube lists. So if you're listening to this and anybody's ever talking to you about GameCube games and you're tired of hearing the same five games over and over again, which I am, try to sneak in Pool Paradise in there because that would be a hidden gem that no one's talking about. It is definitely a hidden gem, and I actually had the fortunate chance to play this on the emulator uh, this week, Neil, because nice. I really wanted to see what was with this game. Okay. And as a pool sim game, it is pretty good. I'm not a huge pool sim guy. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather just go and play pool. Yeah, it's not that <laughs> but, hard. Yeah. No, but but if you can't, or if you you just want to pl- practice some pool with with sims, uh, mm-hmm. that's fine. But where this game really shines is the mini games. Let me tell yes. you. Oh, the fact that I can play skee-ball. I think we were talking about this on an earlier episode. We want a skee-ball game. Well, we got it. Yeah, and it doesn't end there. Like, there's beach darts. There's Coconut Shy, which I didn't even know what that was. Uh, it's an outdoor game. Oh, I didn't do that one. Yeah, it's an outdoor game where players throw balls at coconuts set up on poles in order to knock them down. So it's kind of like a ring toss style game. And then, yeah, skee-ball. There's also an original arcade game, which is unlockable, called Drop Zone. Uh, Drop Zone isn't that far. Yeah, no, that's fine. But uh, it's a weird like piece of like trivia in this game. It's a 1984 horizontal scrolling shooter developed by Archer McLean for the Atari 8-bit, uh, the, the Commodore 64, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, the Game Gear, and the NES. And that game oh. rates about a 9 out of 10. And it's interesting because on the cover of the game says Archer McLean presents Pool Paradise, who's the developer oh. of Drop Zone. So that explains why the game is in there. But it's just an, that's a really interesting Easter egg that had you'd have no idea about that unless you dig deep really cool yeah for one this game was difficult and i like that Mm. it wasn't because pool is a is a tough thing to do right it's it's very tough when you're making an actual uh video game out of it because what do you do you you make it too easy Mm. where you're just constantly sinking them in because you want people to keep coming back and having a good time or do you make it as realistic as possible with the potential of isolating you know a lot of um casual players but i think that i think they did do it uh right here in terms of making it difficult because the people who are buying pool paradise are probably people who know billiards who know how to play Mm -hmm. and you know want to see a challenge and there is a story mode ish i guess um you are technically getting a loan back from a loan shark an actual shark yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) i i I loved there's a lot of zany stuff like that in the game a lot of the dialogue is very funny and and very witty uh the locales are really well done despite you never like exiting the pool table Mm -hmm. you can see them around uh around the bar you can you can look out the windows and see where you are and there's even i'm just sorry to cut you off there's even a day night cycle which is about to say has no business being in this game like you're playing at the (laughs) pool table for a bit as the sun is setting on the beach like they did not need to add that level of detail to this game it's hilarious (laughs) that's that honestly that made it like when i got to the day and night cycle like when i was like oh my god like the sunset like this is a this is a day and night cycle yeah this is amazing it's it's incredible and it has like so many different modes of play there's different locales that you can go to there's different table sizes this game has no business having this much content and it's yeah because you can also play snooker you can play actual snooker uh Mm -hmm. which is i never really understood how to play snooker so i didn't even try that's fine but it's kind of cool that you can yeah and what i found kind of interesting is that it's the fourth pool game to be endorsed by jimmy white who's a professional pool player and it's it's the first game where he's actually a playable character 
And of course, he's the best player in the game. He has the best stats, if there are any. One of the weird things about this game, Mike, is that when you're playing, you never actually see the characters. You only see their hands. <laughs> the hands. Which, yeah. <laughs> which makes me think, like, this would be an excellent port to VR because that's what VR is. You, you only usually see your hands. Yeah. Especially like PlayStation 4 or now PlayStation 5 with the VR headset. Like it'd be a great port. I'm sure that there's tons of pool games now. But this would be such an interesting thing to bring forward with all of these little uh, all of these little mini games, like the additional uh, arcade games basically, like with Drop Zone. Like it'd be really cool if, uh, if Archer McLean would come out with a VR game because he nailed having like the whole bar simulator concept down. Yeah, I, I was thinking the exact same thing when I was playing it. I, I was like, this is because most of your all your shots are like POV, obviously, uh, when you're shooting it. Mm-hmm. And, and and so that alone, you know, makes for a really nice, uh, a nice VR experience because you're yeah. already seeing it in that way. Like, I, I think this would be awesome to see in a VR game. Yeah, a skee-ball game in a, in a pool game. Like, just you wouldn't you'd think by looking at the cover of this game, oh, it's pool. This I can get this game for free on the App Store now. Like most people have a pool game on their iPad for fun, like yeah. just to just to mess around with their friends or whatever. But there's so much more to this game, and there's a ton of little charm. Like you mentioned, the pool shark character, which is just completely random. <laughs> the soundtrack is kind of bland, which is too bad. They could have really done better with the soundtrack here. But I have uh, a concept in mind that I want to talk about more at the end of this episode. So okay. stay tuned there uh, for what I would do to kind of fix this game up for like a 2021 game idea the physics as well because i actually got to kind of experience this uh that's what i was maybe most impressed about of of all the things i was impressed about Mm. the fact that it it did feel you know it felt like i was (laughs) 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 spider-man it it really did feel like a pool game it felt like i was playing pool the physics were, were nice the ball wasn't going too fast uh things didn't seem too floaty which i find I find like if I'm playing on a on an iPad like you were saying or something like that, it doesn't really feel like I'm playing pool. Yeah, the no, balls fly. Like the, all the balls fly everywhere, yeah. which is not pool. Like nailing no. nailing pool ball physics in 2002, 2003. That's very impressive. It's uh, very impressive, and you can clearly tell that the, the the dev on this, you know, put a lot of time and care into creating this game and making it mm-hmm. uh, a really solid pool sim game with a lot of extras. So I gotta I gotta give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. And the only one in North America. We're talking about a lot of games today that it's really the only one on the GameCube, which in, a, in, a, in an era now where consoles have thousands of games coming out because there's so many indie games and, and it's so cheap to put games on consoles nowadays, it's weird to talk about games where it's like, yeah, this was the only pool game where like if you go to the <laughs> PlayStation 4 store, you'll find like there's a new pool game once a year. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it must be the same group of people buying them over and over again because otherwise I don't and, know. Who and else those would... feel so st- stale, you yeah. know. They just feel like a sim without any uh, any love or care put into it. it almost faceless, right? This mm-hmm. this this feels like this really does feel like one person did the entire thing. And yeah. like we've said many times, that cohesion in video game design and development is really what makes games great. Yeah, a love letter to the game or the sport is all you need to do and people will find it. And I'm so glad that we discovered it on this show. F- 50 bucks, I mean, it sounds like a lot to pay for a pool game, but if I can find it for around that price, I'm willing to probably put some money down on that. If it's in good shape and everything, I would definitely love mm-hmm. to add this game to my collection. Neil, I would love to read you a, a segment here from 1001 Video Games Before you die uh it because <laughs> the fact that Whoa. it's in here am i dying amazing. <laughs> because you're dying all right yeah go ahead mike despite enjoying the endorsement of jimmy white archie mclean's pool paradise needed to find a way to compete with the simulation accuracy of virtual pool and the official licensing of world snooker championship awesome developments answer 
was to set the game on a tropical island, provide an eclectic roster of opponents, including some knowing caricatures, and offer numerous distractions beyond the main tournaments. As if the game's irreverent tone might be missed, your buy-in for the tournament is funded by a lone shark, quite literally a shark, one of my favorite parts. Um, attention to detail is everywhere. From the day-night cycle and ever-changing QNs in certain view modes, to the charismatically animated, disembodied hands that represent competitors, Pool Paradise does for Pool what Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball does for its sport, providing an immersive and engaging world rather than dry simulation. More important, the game is enjoyable regardless of your feelings towards Pool and may even convert skeptics. Very Which nice. Which, that's, yeah, that's, I couldn't have said it better my, myself, for sure. And... Uh, Neil, do you know who is a huge pool fan? Uh, no, I don't. Who, Mike, who's a, who's a huge pool fan? A huge pool fan is our friend Victor, who has something to announce for us. Okay, all right, Victor, take it away. That's game number 300. Oh my god, that was the game number 300? That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad that Pool Paradise <laughs> got it, Mike. Me too. I'm really glad. And and yeah, Victor is actually a really big billiards fan and is very, very good at it. I hmm. once saw him... Uh, beat about four or five people uh, in pool when he was completely inebriated. And that was quite the sight to see. Wow, I love pool too. I would love to have a pool table someday, man. It's one of those games that like, it's an arc- not an arcade game, but it's a tabletop game you can play in a bar and it's not obnoxious. Like it's not like air hockey or foosball, which is just irritating. <laughs> the sound of pool balls hitting together, man, it's just a classic sound. I would kill to have a pool really table. Yep. That's awesome. Probably have another year to go. We'll see. Huh. There's so much uncertainty with the GameCube, you know. <laughs> there could be new games. You, you never know. You never know. You never know. know. Pool Paradise by Archer McLean Production. Daylight come, and you want to play pool? That's grammatically incorrect. It's seven ball, eight ball, nine ball, bunch, a whole bunch more in Pool Paradise. Play pool, poolside, in a panoramic paradise. It's an island getaway where you'll encounter 30 pool sharks, all of whom would love to lighten your wallet. If you can turn the tables on them, you'll win some coin, win money in a league cup or championship, or make side bets on games or individual shots. Then use your earnings to buy better cues, chalk, laser sights, view lines, coaching, even tables. What I love about the back of this case is that it says basic reading ability is needed to fully enjoy this game. That needs to be on more cases. <laughs> that, that I love that. <laughs> Moving on to our next game today, which did not make my list, is Strike Force Bowling. Came out in March 20th, 2005. It's developed by Lab Rats Games. It's published by Crave Entertainment. It's also on Windows, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. It rates a 5 out of 10, priced today at around $15. And uh, this is a bowling game, obviously. I want to talk about the Lab Rats logo and the fact that their name is Lab Rats Games. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually check out the logo. Go ahead, though. Oh, when it when it boots up. So when Strikeforce Bowling boots up, it shows the logo. And yeah, it's just this like rat head with its brain open. Oh. And there's like these two uh, electrical antennas, I guess, in it. it it's a it's quite the uh, oh, yeah. it's quite the logo. <laughs> it's kind of like a pinky in the brain thing going on. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Very strange. That's kind of creepy. All right, well, let's go back into the only bowling game on the GameCube. Now, for me, when I think of bowling, I, again, think of the Wii. Like, bowling on Wii is probably one of the better bowling games of all time. Uh, This game also has a clone game known as Fast Lanes Bowling. So if you're out there and you have that game, you basically have the same disappointment here. Uh, (laughs) Shares the same physical engine and graphics. They improve nothing. Uh, Strike Force features more locations, left-handed mode, and reverse hook bowlers. 
not big into bowling, so I don't exactly know what that means. Mike, do you like bowling? I don't know if we've ever have we gone bowling together in all. Yeah, the years? we well definitely as kids we went bowling. Probably not like, recently. Sure. though. not recently. No, no, not recently. I used to go bowling at uh, in, uh, in London because uh, we would play pool sometimes with Victor uh, in mm-hmm. London, and uh, sometimes I would go bowling in the same place because bowling and pool often end up being in the same areas sure. uh, as as they do. Mm-hmm. Bowling is such a weird weird sport it's one of the few sports where you can kind of almost be elitist i guess in it oh yeah in the sense of just not letting anyone else into the sport <laughs> you know i think of like league nights yeah in, yeah. in, in tv shows where it's like no it's league night you can't play yeah uh, everyone owns their bo- own ball <laughs> bowling is is a really interesting sport i wish i knew how the scoring system works hmm. maybe this game will teach me <laughs> maybe i doubt it i doubt you'll be able to get that far in the game i'm not a huge fan of 10 pin bowling i love five pin bowling Five-pin bowling is underrated, and I would love to get a five-pin bowling game uh, because I've only ever seen 10-pin bowling games with this uh, Wii Bowling and uh, other bowling games that I've seen around. They're only ever 10-pin. Even finding five-pin bowling, I, I find is hard, but it's it's so cool. I, I, I'm I glad you brought that up. Yeah, places to physically go five-pin, like they're always old as hell. Like the, the lanes are <laughs> yeah. always very old. The places are decrepit in the most part. But for me, like 10-pin bowling, you need to have some semblance of skill. You need to know the game a little bit to have fun at least. You need to have some upper body strength and lower body strength. It takes like a few minutes. By the time you get into the game, like your time is over. But 5-pin bowling, you can really get into it pretty quick. Like the ball is lighter. You don't have to stick your fingers in the holes. Giggity, giggity. And, uh, you know, you can you can have some drinks while you're doing it. You're not going to kill somebody with a 5-pin bowling ball, which you <laughs> might with a 10-pin bowling ball. Uh, so, yeah, super underrated sport that needs a lot more love, and, and I'd love to see more 5-pin bowling lanes. I think bowling just, you know, I, I'm not sure if there really is an appetite for bowling-only games, not to discredit bowling or any no. bowlers out there who are listening. Uh, one of our, one of my friends, Danielle, is actually a really, really good bowler, and she bowled in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for the game, but I just don't see where the audience is for buying a bowling only game. I really think it just belongs in, in other games or like, yeah. in like a Wii sports kind of, kind of type. Yeah. Having it included in a bundle of games makes the most sense. Like putting it in a pool paradise or a Wii sports is definitely the way to go. I think we're past the point of having a standalone bowling game be, be marketable and do well. Like if it's a budget title maybe like you'd pick it up for your nephew but having the motion controlled wii bowling game was really where the the genre peaked i i can't see myself picking up another bowling game now like i have wii sports i'm set for life that's that's all i really yeah i would never want to play a bowling game without motion controls which is crazy to say right (laughs) but like considering what what we think about motion controls most of the time but bowling is just so natural for motion controls right that's what it was made for i know like to, to be basically you're playing bowling without the without the stress of worrying about throwing a 10-pound ball down a lane. Like, if you can just have the motion of bowling, that's really all you need. Yeah. I don't need to, like, decide what weight of ball I'm going to have and try to cram my fingers into these three holes and hope to God that it doesn't go in the gutter. It's just, it's not fun. Like, it, it's not great. But I really I really just want to talk about the character animation in this game. Did you watch much gameplay for this game, Mike? Oh, I, like all games we talk about, I unfortunately do watch a lot of gameplay and do a lot of research on them, and... Yeah. Uh, it looks the, like a stop motion movie made by like a high school student learning how to make stop motion movies. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. It's nightmare yeah, fuel. The way the way these characters move. Picture like a Rub A535 commercial with those like wooden <laughs> characters that kind of have to show where the pain is. That's kind of what, what I was 
<laughs> that's kind of what I was getting from watching this. Oh it was <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, why did they have to look like that? I'd rather they just went with like the hands from Pool Paradise. See, I, and again, I think e- even in Pool Paradise, despite it just being hands, they give those characters actually quite a bit of uh, of life having just hands, which I was really impressed with. Mm-hmm. With this, it feels much more lifeless than Pool Paradise did. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it's like a Sims game missing ten frames per second. Like it just looks <laughs> so weird. I couldn't get over it. Like the graphics for like the the lanes all look fine. Like the ball, whatever, they all look good. It's good enough for me. But this mm-hmm. the, then you've got these characters pegging their weird ass legs around on screen. Just looks so weird, and they like pause when they throw the ball to like I guess show yeah. the form that they're in. Like it's very, very strange, very nightmare fuely. I highly suggest people look it up if they're looking for something to do to kill two minutes. It's really creepy. Well, and to understand what we're talking about on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's not easy to explain graphics on a podcast. <laughs> Bowling but graphics. We're doing what we can with rub a rub a five three five commercials. Which... I don't think it was rub a five three five. It was something else. It was like for your oh, back. Oh, neocitron. Um... Neo, not neocitron. No, not neocitron. It was an no, N though, is... wasn't it? Also, neocitron. Uh, a side sidebar. Hmm. <laughs> Neo... <Okay>. Neocitron <laughs> is literally like that's that that is just drugs. Like oh, is that it just knocks you out so hard? Oh, okay. Uh, I I love neocitron, but I also hate it because after you've taken it. You're gone for days. Oh, okay. Like you're you feel like you're in a daze. Uh it does work though. I'm looking it so. up now to find out which ad it was. It was it not a, I love a rub A535 if uh, no, it's something with like oh my god, this gonna it's your back. It's something about your back. Yeah. A leave? No. No, it starts with an R. You're right. It does start with an R. Alright, well we're getting way back off topic pain, here. <laughs> wooden figures. <laughs> Alright, folks stand by. If you're from another country and you don't have these advertisements, we're very sorry. Well, while I figure this out, you uh, read the back of the case, Neil. All right, sounds good. You report back in just a few moments. Strike Force Bowling, right up your alley. You no longer have to wait for League Night to enjoy the fun of competitive bowling, taking the game to a whole new level. Strike Force Bowling features authentic real-time physics in an easy-to-use arcade-style control. Pins never quite fall the same way twice. Bowling balls react according to the combination of spin, material, and lane friction. With Strike Force Bowling, you don't have to rent a pair of bowling shoes to have a great game. It's Robax. 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 Is, yeah, that's the that is the commercial. Look up Robax commercial. That sounds like an ad it. just after Selson Blue. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't have those Robax commercials anymore. What happened to them? I don't know. I guess everyone's back is are fine now. They fixed it. Dude, I'm looking at the back right now, the case here, and like there's one character at the top. Their legs are just like a few inches too long, and it's off-putting. <laughs> oh, no. All right, everybody. Let's move on to the last game of the day, which is World Series of Poker. came out on August 31st, 2005, developed by Left Field Productions, published by Activision. This game is also on PS2, Xbox, PSP, woo, and PC. It rates a 4 out of 10, and uh, you can pick it up today for a maximum price of about $8. The fact that Activision made this, first of all, mm-hmm. is pretty crazy um, yeah. that they published a poker game. And uh, Left Field Productions, uh, we will be talking about them again once more. Uh, eventually, when we talk about NBA Courtside 2002, mm-hmm. they were the developer for that. NBA Courtside 2002 was famously the game that Nintendo made so mm. uh and it was solely for the gamecube so okay. i will be excited to talk about left field again then but we'll go to the 
sports sports game i guess in quotes like i don't know where we didn't know where to put poker like what is poker poker is definitely not a, well it's a card game mike poker is definitely not a world uh, olympic sport but it is a game nonetheless fit in with pool mainly i think was why we figured yeah. we'll just lump pool and poker together because there are no card like i don't know there's no this is this game. is the only card game on the gamecube there's no others no other standalone Yu-Gi-Oh. games Oh. there's Oh games on the gamecube which is fine i don't know how to play poker do you we've never played yeah, of course i oh. i play i i still play with some friends online hmm. uh i used to play in person a lot with people i have a friend who is very good at poker to hmm. the extent that there are certain places that he's not allowed to play it at Jeez. Uh, which is pretty pretty cool love that uh i am not at <laughs> that level at all but i i consider myself somewhat decent at poker i <laughs> i play texas hold'em um okay which i guess is what most people play and i love love poker games but not standalone poker games what i like is poker in games that's kind of where i sure I like it neil yeah I, I can see that being like something in there's a card game in red dead redemption do they play poker that's the one is yeah. it poker yeah okay that's Dude, what i was the thinking poker sim in red dead redemption yeah. is the best poker sim i have ever played in my life mm-hmm. that's what i was gonna say was just having it in something else having it in a, a broader game makes all the more sense to me and actually and it's great because if you lose mm-hmm. in poker in red red dead you can just get up from the table and kill the the people you lost to that's what you want to do take your money back you don't want to get booted back to a to a menu screen when when you lose a poker game that's no fun at all speaking of menu screen mike how you mentioned activision publishing this game when i was watching gameplay for this one i was thinking like why is the menu so much like spider-man on ps1 and then i was like oh it's activision they basically copied and pasted the same music and the same style of menu from the spider-man games it looks identical it's such like a high high action uh, intro to the game and then you're just playing (laughs) poker this like dull game that is not exciting at all to watch or play i don't know how to play poker i know my mom taught me and my brother and sister how to play blackjack when we were like eight years old so like with chips and everything we were learning how to gamble really young uh and i my girlfriend taught me how to play cribbage the last uh, year or so so that's been fun Mm -hmm. those are pretty much the only two card games like official card games i really know how to play decently well not that yeah. blackjack is super hard or anything, but poker always just seemed way too obtuse for me to play. It, it's it's tough because there actually is skill involved. Oh, yeah. it is, it's not just luck. There's no. a lot of bluffing, obviously, and there's just a lot of playing the person rather than playing mm-hmm. uh, the hand. Um, I I you know I think I really started to enjoy poker after seeing uh, Casino Royale because oh. that has probably the best use of poker ever in a movie. We have Le Chiffre, who's who is bleeding from his eye. Oh yeah, uh, that, that's his tell. Okay, yeah, that, that's I remember that scene now. Okay, that's true. Also, the world the world of competitive poker is nuts, Neil. It is yep. absolutely nuts. There's been a lot of scandals in recent years too, of people uh, using I guess using some kind of electronic um, the like like tell to to figure out what cards are coming up next and 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 okay. all this stuff I, I don't know enough about it to to, to talk about it but just huh. like google poker scandals and okay. you'll find so much interesting reading i remember one night i just was like i think i was just home reading about poker until 2 a.m and i was like oh my god <laughs> what happened it just was really interesting stuff wow. but uh yeah, poker as a game is is a great game to play i love mm-hmm. playing it but poker as a sim and a standalone sim in this day and age really is, you know, you can't really have that anymore. In 2003, sure, it was a lot harder to go online and start yeah. playing. You know, not not everyone had that capability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the phone lines were in use. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't go on to AOL. There was online poker 
ability in this game on Xbox and PlayStation 2 if you had the online connection for your console, so you could. That, unfortunately, was not there in the GameCube version for obvious reasons, which is too bad. I would actually think that a standalone card game of any type, I think poker being its own game is weird. I would just plug it in with, like, playing Virtual Blackjack and and Cribbage 2 or whatever you want. Uh, On handhelds makes a lot more sense because you can play it on the bus, on the train, on a plane, you know, on a commute, basically. You can just pop open your your switch or your your phone and play a card game there that makes a lot more sense but i cannot imagine wanting to go home and and plug in your console on your nowadays you know your 50 inch tv or back in the day on your tube tv and play poker like it just doesn't make any sense to me see see if i owned this game in 2003 i would i would want to play this like this would be really cool for me yeah because especially as a kid right like Mm -hmm. how many opportunities do kids have to play poker that's true that's true. And that's, I think, a big thing. Uh, and and I would I would really really enjoy this because I did pl- like playing poker in other um, in other games, and you know this would be really awesome to have this opportunity. And I just think this game at the time was well done, but now there are just so many better games. And like I said, Red Dead being able to play poker, being able to play blackjack as well. You know, you just go upstairs and play at the blackjack table, yeah. which I, I always loved. <laughs> and uh, there's actually a poker in Sleeping Dogs too. There's Mahjong poker, hmm. which is a mix between Mahjong and poker, which took me a little while to learn. Interesting. But it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And yeah, a lot of these open world games, I think of... Uh, I think of Witcher Three with uh, what's what's the game you play in that? Yeah, um... they actually made it into an, a real game too. Uh, it's Gwent a standalone game. Gwent, thank you. Yeah, they made Gwent into a standalone game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is you know shows the popularity of it. But I, I I think these kind of games are really important in open world games and will probably always mm-hmm. be in there because it kind of gives you a chance to just sit down. You know, do something else for a little bit. Yeah, and and uh, and oftentimes, uh, Rockstar and uh, and other developers and other publishers put a lot of effort into making sure that these Sims work well, mm-hmm. and and work so well to a point that now, like in in modern day times, like you hear about games, card games being in video games, and. There's a huge issue nowadays with wondering should kids be allowed to play these games because it's such it's simulating gambling and it's teaching mm. kids how to gamble and in some cases they can gamble with actual real money to the point where in GTA 5 I think they put a literal casino in GTA 5 where you yeah. can pump real world money into and play so they basically made this simulated casino uh, in GTA 5 which is hilarious to to a point where in the 2000s, just looking at the games that we've talked about today, like Pool Paradise is rated E for everyone. On the back, it says gambling. And then mm. World Series of Poker, same thing, E for everyone. On the back, mild language and simulated gambling. So we've mm. gone to an era where it was okay for kids to play this because it's fake. It's it's They're not playing with real money. It's fine. But it, it is teaching you how to play poker. And now to a point in 2020, you know, there's issues with the ESRB trying to figure out, are these games okay for kids because we're teaching them yeah. how to gamble? Uh, to a point where it's it's damaging to their lives or to their parents' credit cards more specifically, which is funny. Uh, obviously, if you have a kid out there who's playing video games, make sure they don't have access to your credit card. It seems like a pretty <laughs> easy fix to me. But yeah, I, I do like the idea of having card games in video games as well, though, because it does it's real life. Like, I mean, people play, yeah, people yeah. play cards in real life. It's, it's just part of being an adult. Like you go to parties. And something and... you can't easily do. That, and that's a big thing, right? I can't easily just go and play poker with people. No, it's, you know, you have to get people together. Everyone has to know how to play. Right. Not everyone's at the same level. You know, you're, you're betting certain amounts of money that yeah. you're like, oh, I don't really want to bet this. So right. Playing it in Red Dead or playing it in GTA. Uh, it, it's such a, 
a, like a lovely experience. It's that's almost like riding the subway in GTA, <laughs> right? It's just a, yeah. a very passive thing that I think that's what these open world games really, really uh, like. That's what they they do so well. I would say that's such a good point, Mike. I never thought about that. Like just having these games in video games for like when you're a kid, especially back when we didn't have the internet, we couldn't talk to each other at all times. Like when I was on car trips with my parents, the only way I could play Yu-Gi-Oh was on my Game Boy Advance with my Yu-Gi-Oh game that I would just play Yu-Gi-Oh against an AI bot. And yeah. that was how I played game, like how I played Yu-Gi-Oh when I was on a vacation or something. And the, yeah. none of my family wanted to play with me. And that's a good point. I never really thought of that before. But mm-hmm. one of the many great things that video games can do. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about this game. I don't really have anything specific to talk about with World Series of Poker, Mike, do you? Or mainly just poker in general? No, I mean, yeah, I just it, it, I think it's a really good game for its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, nowadays they're just so many other opportunities to play better yeah. sims that are in other games and also uh this we thought that this wasn't the only poker game on the gamecube uh that there was another poker game but neil you said that one was canceled actually yeah you had another game on our notes for today um i think it was world championship poker or something world championship poker is actually a game that came out on i believe xbox and playstation 2 but the gamecube version was canceled so can't read the back of the case of that one, but we can read the back of the case of World Series of Poker. Pull up a chair and play against the best players in the world. Test your skills against the WSOP Hotshots, Chris Ferguson, Scotty Nugent, John Fan, Max Pescatori, Men the Master, and more. And that's it for World Series of Poker. Nice. I mean, that's kind of cool that they had real people in there. Yeah. Yeah, they've got actual poker players in there. I have no idea who any of those people are. I can't stand (laughs) watching poker on TV. Does your friend watch who plays poker? Do they watch the TV poker? Because it's always on. Like when I'm at the gym, there's always a TV with poker on. So someone's got to be watching this stuff. That's a good question. You know what? It's funny because sometimes I actually do enjoy watching it, but very passively. You know? Really? It's something that I, I like if it's you know 2 a.m or something and and it's on it's just kind of interesting to look at because i do i do love seeing what people do with their hands it's very Mm. interesting to me but you obviously don't enjoy it because you don't know how the game works right i think i would enjoy it a lot more if i knew how the game worked i I was always surprised that people that poker players could like wear sunglasses and hats like i always thought that i know that they should they should have to like be able to show as much of their faces you as... have to look in everyone's eyes yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah like to me that that's part of the game is to be able to see it their is. eyes it like is. it's it's almost like chess like you want to be able to see the other players facial expressions to kind of know what yep. they're going to do next so that was always not an issue with me. the main issue is that i don't know how to play poker so otherwise i i might watch it a little bit more but <laughs> Well, Neil, we'll have to. I'll have to teach you how to play poker, and we'll we'll play. I have maybe. a nice poker set here. Okay, yeah, maybe you learned how to play cribbage too recently, didn't you? I did. Yes. Okay, so maybe. now we got cribbage. We'll get some poker. Yeah, okay. Um, we're gonna get all the games. We're okay. All good here. Yeah, we'll play some poker, or we'll play some cribbage at the cottage in a few weeks. But until then, Mike, let's suggest a game or two from the games that we uh, talked about today. Are there any that stand out to you that you would like to pick up, or you suggest that the listeners pick up? I think this is an easy one, Neil. I think Pool Paradise is the clear winner here. Mm-hmm. It's such a unique game. Uh, so many mini games like Ski Ball. Like I was gonna say so many times because I can't believe Ski Ball yeah. is in a video game. Uh, and and so you know, so like I've I've said already, so much life behind it. It, it, it felt like it's such a cohesive video game for a billiards game of mm-hmm. all things. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I was honestly really impressed, and it does definitely deserve to be in a thousand one video games you must play before you die. Hundred percent. It it uh, it exceeded all expectations for a billiards game. <laughs> Absolutely, I love. 
I would love to have Pool Paradise in our library someday. Definitely my choice for today to pick up. Close second goes to Beach Spikers. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that game at all. It's a fantastic yeah. beach volleyball sim arcade game made by Sega right after the Dreamcast. So looks like a, a terrific game as well. But just Pool Paradise came out of the came out of the gates hard with with all the the random little mini games in there and the attention to detail on the pool mm-hmm. tables with the ball physics, the day night cycles, which make no sense but are terrific. So yeah, Pool Paradise is the easy choice for me today as well. And what I was saying earlier with what I would like to see mm-hmm. Pool Paradise in 2020 to sort of fix that issue that I had with the music would be. Again, I don't know how this would work, but it would be like a bar simulator game in VR where you can go to bars either in different cities, like actual bars or simulated bars. It doesn't have to be actual ones like around the world to play cards. You can bowl. You can play pool. You can play darts and skee-ball, like an actual kind of bar slash like a Dave & Buster's sort of thing. And on top of that, they have live music playing where you can almost see like bands maybe from that city play, like even indie bands, if they can somehow get that going. Uh, But just small bands like from Toronto and New York and Chicago and Baltimore and Boston, just every major North American city. Be so neat to like see, like to be like you're walking around a bar playing these games while there's like a music play, live music playing, I think. Because that's that's the big part of bars for me is hearing the bands play and they're not always good, but at least if it's a video game, you can get some licenses in there and get some small bands like from Toronto, like a band like Pew 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 is playing while you're playing skee ball. That'd be sick. (laughs) You know, that's actually a really good idea. And I I think Neil, you could go as far as, as getting actual bars to be licensed because I think I really like that idea. Mm -hmm. You know, no bar is ever going to turn you down for licensing. There's a couple of famous places too that you could do like the Viper yep. Room or something in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots the Horseshoe of, Tavern uh, in Toronto. Like you could there do There you go, Horseshoe Tavern in Toronto. And just add a few uh, tables like to the cuz in the Horseshoe yeah. the Horseshoe Tavern in Toronto is not actually huge. There are pool tables there though. Uh, yeah. but yeah, to add like famous city bars would be that that's like the dream. Uh, I would just love a reg, like, even if it's just a standard bar in every city, you got like the cityscape in the background. That's yeah. fine too, but if you could get actual bars in it, that would be like the next level goal. Yeah, that would be. I think. I think you got an idea there, Neil. I think you got an idea. You should. You should talk to awesome. What is it? Awesome games or awesome, maybe Lab Rats games. I'll, I'll see what Lab they're. Rats. I'll see what they're up to. In tw- <laughs> see, what, see what Lab Rats are doing. <laughs> it can't be much. I think they went defunct. I can't remember now. <laughs> Sounds good, Mike. Why don't you let listeners know what they can expect next week on the GameCube is Cool podcast? Next week on episode sixty-two, we are talking about Rampage and also King Kong the game, the movie, uh, the game. <laughs> it's Sorry, it's Peter Jackson's King Kong the movie, the game. That's, That's the right. Full massive title, but we are going to talk about these games as well. We're going to talk a little bit about Godzilla again. We'll 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 talk about Godzilla Destroy All Monsters for a second because we have to talk about that sure. when we talk about Rampage. And we also love that game. So we're going to do another chance to talk about it. But Rampage is a franchise that I'm really interested in and I love playing that game. I first played it on Wii and yeah, I'm just excited to talk about it. Sweet. I'm excited to talk about it too. I played King Kong a little bit back in the day as well. And I saw the movie in theaters too. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a, it's going to bring back some interesting memories for sure. That marathon of a film. So I'm really excited to talk about both of those games with you next week. And uh, yeah, going to be a ton of fun. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 61 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon 
We are The GameCube Was Cool. You can also follow us on Instagram at The GameCube Pod. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Jimmy White, Neil says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. Game.